Yo, what's up? This is Aiden Jones. You're listening to Sitting Under a Tree for Tuesday, the twi- oh, 21st of January, 2020. 2020, is it? Yes, that's the fucking one. Come on. I know the date. I know the time. I even know what day it is. It's Monday today, actually. But I, for some reason, I insist on still, like, that, you know, the podcast is for Tuesday. I'm going to release it on a Monday. If you're listening on a Monday, hey, man, thank you for coming in hot, you know, for getting in early. I'm in Perth. I am uh, at, uh, I'm staying with some mates, Colin Ebsworth and Sam Cribb. I'm staying with these guys, the comics from Perth. I'm staying here for like a week or something. I don't know. I just had the opening weekend of my show, Taco. Aiden Jones hyphen taco. Um, it was good, man. Sold out opening night. Amazing. Thanks to everyone who came on that night. That was Saturday. And then Sunday last night. Um, good show. I mean, I had like 30-something in. And uh, the show was good. It was a little bit tough. But it was actually awesome because I got a feel for... Like Saturday, everyone was just pumped and it all just fucking flowed, you know. Um and I just had one of those shows that's just like everything kind of comes together and, you know, you haven't really have to try too hard. It was just great. Everyone was vibing it. I was comfortable. The audience were comfortable. Whatever. Saturday, uh, Sunday, yesterday, a bit harder I could tell from when everyone walked in. They were a little bit cagey. Um, the crowd work up the top wasn't getting as much as, you know, what I would expect or they just felt like a little bit reserved. Um but I still got to go through the show, got some big laughs, got some okay like whatever. And uh, it really kind of, it, it reassured me because you're always going to have shows like that in the run where the audience aren't on side from the get-go. But uh, it reassured me that the show's good, the jokes are there. And even when it's the audience isn't straight away on my side, the show's good enough to like make it good. Do you know what I mean? Do you know what I mean? Do you actually know what I mean? Because I'm talking to the majority of people who listen to this aren't comics. So maybe you don't know what I mean. But the show that I've written and the jokes that I've written and the story is good enough that if people aren't straight away there and ready to go and ready to laugh and whatever, they still, they still will. And really that's the whole point of being a comedian, isn't it? <laughs> is to write jokes that will make people laugh. And I feel like I've done that. So I can hold my head high. <laughs> um, mm, bit of peppermint tea. I just climbed up. Um, I mean, if you're in Perth, please don't break into Colin and Sam's house. Um, that's kind of what Sam told me when he gave me this information. But you can break into their house by <laughs> Like, don't do it, but here's exactly how to do it. All right? You, um, they're in a, an apartment complex of like it's a complex I don't know it's a bunch of two-story little buildings with a car park and situated around on this big block whatever um, they're on the second story so you go around the back and then you climb up the little overhanging roof on the apartment below and up onto their balcony and the door to the balcony is just always open um, I was on the way home on Saturday night after my show and they were both still out and I realised when I was on the bus that I didn't have a key or a way to get in and they were both like, oh man, just climb up the thing. And I was like, you know what? I used to have my place in London years ago. I used to do that exact same thing when I was drunk all the time. Um, So uh, yeah, I'm well practised in doing that.
Climbed up. Uh, Saturday. I just climbed up then. I just went down the beach. Fuck, man, Perth is so nice. I forget. I was really bummed on Friday when I was, you know, like getting ready to come to Perth. I was just like, man, I don't want to... Like, I'm, I do want to go and do the shows and I'm excited to do the shows and I'm excited to have my show and promote it and be at a festival and all that stuff. But... Um, on Friday, I woke up and it just kind of hit me like, man, I've really carved out a little spot for myself in Melbourne now. I feel like I've got my place, I've got uh, my garden, I've got my piano there, which I was looking forward to playing now that I don't have a job again. I've finished my job for another, I don't know, like I probably won't work again until like after Melbourne Comedy Festival at least. So I've got time in the day and I want to play piano and I won't be able to do that because I'm away. I'm gonna, I was watering my garden on Friday and, like, I mean, my friend was there. I, I had a friend around so I couldn't like, actually talk to the plants. But <laughs> I kind of felt like I was, like, watering my little boys and going, like, man, you fucking boys, you know, I'm going to miss you. Giving them all my little uh, blades of grass that have popped up above the dirt, giving them all little kisses, one, 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 one. <laughs> I don't want to leave I want to fucking be in Melbourne And watch my grass grow every day That's literally what I want to do That is my life now I just Fuck comedy I just want to sit <laughs> In my backyard in, With a deck chair And a tea And watch my grass grow <laughs> That sounds so nice <laughs> Every day man I go out the back um, and I've got my tiny little watering can that Blake's mum got me for Christmas. I go out there with a bucket and that watering can. I fill the bucket with water and then I dip the can in. It's probably only like, oh, it's maybe like, a nah, not even a litre, maybe like 750 mil. Um, I'll measure it when I get back and see how close I was. That'll add a good bit of suspense to the podcast, won't it? Was Aiden right about his estimation of how many millilitres of water can fit in his watering can? Find out on in the... In February, in four weeks' time. <laughs> um, that's This is the thing, man. If I want people to keep listening to the podcast, I have to introduce elements of suspense and, you know, a cliffhanger. And this is the cliffhanger this week. Can I accurately estimate the, <laughs> the volume? <laughs> Fuck, if you're a new listener to the podcast, by the way, welcome. This is what it is. Is me talking about my week. Um, I've started doing a... Uh, wait, what was I talking about? My garden. Oh, fucking, who cares? Yeah, I just... I love going back. I love getting home from work and just watering my garden. I spend like 20 minutes just there, watering every little bit back and forth, you know? It's just nice. So I'm going to miss that. Anyway, I've started a, a mailing list. I've been... Mm. Oh... Man, that tea's real hot. I wouldn't normally drink peppermint, but, you know, that's what they've got. And, uh, and I think, true to form, I have left the tea bag in for too long. Yeah, I've started this. Um, I've started the mailing list. Man, I'm such an idiot. I should have had a mailing list for, forever. How is this my third solo show, my third year doing the Australian festivals, and I've just now put a mailing list? But I have. Um, it's just something that I'm doing at the end of the show. Hey, if you like this, go on my mailing list, whatever. Um... And uh, so if you guys are listening to this, if I because I'll send an email out when I, you know, first one, bang, here's what's going on. Like, thank you for subscribing to my mailing list. If you are listening from the mailing list to this podcast right now, fuck you. <laughs> 
if you, <laughs> that's what this is an eight minute long con and you're listening and you're like oh is this guy you know i like the show but like is the podcast going to be good like is it the same tone and you've made it eight minutes in and maybe you've started to kind of get into the groove of it i've just i just would like to say from now fuck you <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if anyone just switched off. Anyway, um, uh, the shows have been good, man. Oh, this is exciting. Oh, my God. Um, a couple months ago, maybe even three months ago, I might have mentioned it on a podcast a while ago. I sent – I have two friends in Paris, right? No big deal. I'm just like, you know, an intrepid explorer uh, charting the world's cities and coffee shops. <laughs> um, I've got two friends in Paris and uh, one of them's French and uh, like, you know, from Paris and one of them is Australian but is living in Paris at the moment and uh, both girls and the one who's Australian has been talking to me about like, oh, you know, I don't have heaps of French friends and it just sounded like she needed a bit of girl time is the vibe that I was getting and I was like, I know what I can do. I can set these two people up on a friend date. How nice is that? Aren't I a great guy? Um, yeah, I just was like, let's, you know, that'd be fun. But also an added component to the thing was my French friend, the one who lives there, had tried to send me a letter and somehow it didn't go through. And I thought that was very sweet. She was like, I'm going to send you a letter and try and make you laugh because you're a comedian, whatever. So I thought I could set them up on a friend date. And because my French friend was sad that my, the letter didn't go through to me, by the way, does that ever happen to anyone? When the fuck... I'm actually furious. The letter didn't go through. Like, she sent a letter... Like, I mean, the postal service is already obsolete as a, as a service. It's pretty much fucking done. The only reason people are sending letters to each other is out of some old-school sense of romance and the beauty of, you know, receiving a bit of paper. And it is nice, but in terms of communicating vital information, it's really obsolete, you know? So you would think, given their obsolescence, that they would be doing everything in their power to get those letters through. I've been fucking waiting since, I reckon, October for this letter that she sent me. Nothing. And it's like it's a handwritten letter. There's no copy. I mean, it made me real sad that it didn't come through. And so I thought, I'll set these two girls up on a friend date and I'll send them each a letter for the other one, Right? Wrote them each a handwritten letter. I wrote my French friend a letter and I wrote my Australian friend who lives there a letter. And then I put the letters in envelopes and put those envelopes in another envelope and sent them to the other one. So the French girl has the Australian girl's letter and the Australian girl has the French girl's letter. And here's the trick is each of them didn't know that the other one had a letter for them. So I told the French girl, hey, I've been meaning to send my Australian friend a letter. Wouldn't it be funny and cute? If I gave you that letter to give to her when you meet and vice versa, right? And uh, so I was like, okay, I'll do that and that'll be fun. And it'll also be like an added incentive rather than just going, hey, you guys should hang out. And they're like, oh, yeah, we'll do it at some point. No, this is like a reason now. You have to hang out because you've got to give each other the letter. And they don't know that the other one has the letter for them to, to complete the fucking thing. So I sent both the letters off in like November and my Australian friend gets her letter for the French girl. My French friend whose letter didn't arrive to me 
the letter that I sent her now doesn't arrive to her. I mean, come on. It just, it, how the fuck, but hers to me, no, mine to her, also no. So at this point, I'm like, well, I mean, I don't know what the fuck I'm supposed to do now. But luckily, I took pictures of the letters, the, like my handwritten fucking letters. I took pictures of them because I had a sinking feeling that this isn't going to work somehow. I'm trying to be too elaborate. I think the reason I did this, by the way, is I like to insert myself into people's lives, you know? Like, <laughs> like I'm some sort of puppet master pulling the strings and, like, if they do this thing on my behalf, it's like I'm there with them because I can't be there in Paris. But if I do this, it's like my hand is at work and somehow I'm not living my life. I also have another life. Does that make sense? Am I reading too much into my own actions here? Maybe I just like writing letters. I don't know. Anyway, I took pictures of both of the letters just in case they didn't go through. So I got the pictures of the Australian girl's letter that I had sent to the French girl that didn't go through. I gave it to my other friend in Paris. I sent him the images. I said, can you print these out, put them in an envelope so that that girl doesn't read it and understand that it's not for her, it's for the other girl. And what, You know what I mean? Like to not give the game away. Fuck, I'm really feeling like this is getting too complicated at the moment. But I gave it to him. I said... Meet up with her. They're friends already. They're both French people and all French people are friends with each other. So I uh, gave it to him. I said, give it to her. That took about a month because there's fucking public transport strikes in Paris right now. So it's really hard to get like to the other side of the city. And these two friends of mine who know each other live on the other side of the city. And then the first time they met up, he just like blanked and forgot to bring the letter that he had printed her and add in all of this. Like, meanwhile, the whole time they're going on holidays so their schedules don't match up and whatever. After a month, finally, I send... Uh, I He gives her the letter for the other girl and then another week or so and finally they met up and, um, and I think they got along fine. <laughs> I think... I think they were both like, oh, that was nice. And then they were both like, thank you so much for the letter. I don't know what I wanted. It seemed like a bit of an anticlimax, to be honest. I guess I just, I guess I just wanted, I guess I just wanted to be in Paris. That was it. I just wanted to feel like I was in Paris. And they both got the letters and they were like, well, that's nice. It's a letter. My secret hope is that they're now colluding to play some sort of trick on me and to send me a letter together. I hope that something nice is going to happen to me, you know? If it doesn't, I'm also fine with that because I just got to do a nice thing. I've, I wish I could have been fucking there to see it, you know? I wanted to see it so they could be... I wanted to see them be like, Oh my God, he wrote a letter for me as well! And I didn't get to. How fucking annoying is that? And why can't I just be satisfied knowing that I did the nice thing? Why do I need to know? Why did I need to be like a fly on the wall? Fucking no, man. <sighs> I'm really hot and sweaty right now. I didn't go for a swim today because I knew I had to come home and, and, and fucking do this pod. Um, I was just at a cafe, drinking some coffee, planning for my show. I got like four reviewers in on Wednesday. I'm, I'm terrified. I've got uh, a friend from the West Australian, so hopefully... Ooh, maybe I shouldn't have said that. 
is that like, uh, you know, I mean, conflict of interest and shit. She's coming in to review my show. Is that like illegal on some level? I bet people would be angry actually if they knew that. Don't tell any other. Co- don't tell any other comics. Please don't tell any other comics that my friend works at the West Australian. She's coming in to review me. That's going to be lovely. Uh, got one. I think I got the fourth wall coming in. I think I've got the dude from Fringe Feed coming in who really liked my show last year. And maybe like a judge or something like that. And no other tickets have been sold. I've got nine and they're all comps for like media and festival and shit. And no tickets sold. I genuinely think it's going to be fine. Uh, that's the thing, man. I just like, I'm just watching my tickets every half hour or so. I'm just on my phone checking my ticket sales. Have they gone up? And even if like one goes up, I'm like, oh, yes. Oh, my God. It feels so good. Even one sale. Because it's like 20 bucks that I get, you know? <sighs> How am I feeling about the run? I feel good about the show. Um, the flyering, I really, every time I come to festivals, I forget that I'm going to be flyering, you know? I feel like that's the real performance. <laughs> that's the real performance. When I'm on stage, it's like, you know, I just say the jokes that I've got and if I'm not going well, I just say them louder. That's my, <laughs> that's my two levels. I'm like, I got the jokes. If it's not going well, just move a little bit across the stage and raise my voice and hopefully that'll get people going. But the real fucking man, I, I don't never feel like I'm really acting on stage. The real acting is when I'm flyering, man. Last night I flyed these three girls who I saw them walking through the area and I never planned. That's the thing, man. When I come to festivals, I'm all thinking about the show and then I landed in Perth and I was like, oh, that's right. I've got a flyer. I've got all these flyers that I've printed and I've got to stand out there in front of the ticket booth and like put on my happy, come to my show. And people go, oh, it's, are you, f-? I'm like, my, my line is, hey, Come and uh, come and see my show. I'm really, really funny. And they go, "Oh, are you funny?" And I'm like, Haha, "Yeah, <laughs> yeah, man. We're friends. Look at us have a, a repartee. It's really draining. It's actually more exhausting than doing the shows. Is being out there. These three girls came who were like, I guess they were. Well, one of them was 17, so I guess the others are like 18 or 19. And I saw them walking through and none of the other flyers were really picking up on them. I zeroed in. I was like, these girls are going to come to my show. And just, you know, the whole time we're like, one of them was Macedonian or something. So I was like, bro, I've got jokes. I've got jokes about like Greek people in my show. I know you're not Greek, but like Maso is kind of close to Greek. Maybe you'll come to my show. Like I just, every time I fly people in my head, I'm going, what are these people like? How can I, what person can I be to make these people come to my show? You know, there were a couple old ladies, old ladies. Yeah. Yeah. They were like 60 or some shit. And, uh, you know, they were going like, oh, are we going to like your show old people? And I'm like, oh, it's a bit cheeky trying to be that young dude that old ladies like the non-threatening. It's a little bit cheeky. I'm a cheeky boy. Come on girls. Ah, you love a bit of cheat, don't you ladies? All that bullshit. Just trying to be whoever I think the people in front of me need me to be so that I can get them to my show and show them who I actually am, which is a scared little boy. I'm learning, I'm learning a lot more about my show. I've been thinking about, um, 
I've been thinking about, I guess the whole show is about my, uh, my relationship with my dad as opposed to Fernando and, and who I take more from in terms of like, am I more like Fernando because he, because of the genes or am I more like my dad because that's who I grew up with, you know? And, uh, I thought about this today about like my uh, Fernando. Every time Fernando messages me, this is the thing. I don't think I'll go back. I don't know, man. I don't know if I'll go back. I don't know if I need to have a big like relationship with him because every time he messages me, it's like this long like tract of text. It's just like, Aiden, I, uh, I hope you're doing well and I hope that your family, give my love to your family and your mum and your brother and everyone in your life and I hope that you're happy and your all your dreams are coming true and, and thank you so much, Fernando. And it's like, can you just ask me how I am, dude? Like, how are we supposed to have a back and forth relationship? Relationships are like talking to people. Like the everyday kind of stuff. How was your day? How are you going? What did you do today? And then you start talking and then that leads off into something else and suddenly you're having a conversation. But it almost feels like Fernando is like scared to... He's scared that if he goes, hey, how was your day? Like like, and ask me something and, and if he requires something of me in terms of a conversation, he's scared that I'm not going to give it. So rather than put himself out there and, and just go, how was your day? He makes these grand sweeping messages and just throws them over to me and almost makes them like they're, they're impossible to reply to. And in doing so, ensures that I'm not going to reply to them. Because how am I supposed to reply to that? I hope that you've got everything you need in your life and your mum and your brother are well and everyone and you find love and you're happy. It's like a Christmas card, man. It's not a fucking conversation. And so I just don't reply to them, you know. Whereas my dad just doesn't give me anything to reply to. Like the other day, he messaged me. I think, did I say this? He just messaged me uh, and it ended up as an email somehow. He messaged me with his phone and I got an email that said, oh, four, whatever has messaged you. And the message just said, it's Carol's birthday today, which is his partner. So Fernando's writing these massive things. My dad is writing nothing. And either way, I can't fucking reply to either of them. What do I say? Hey, thanks, man for telling me it's Carol's birthday today or Fernando. Hey, thanks for wishing me well in my whole life and my family and everything and that I find peace and love and happiness. You're both fucking idiots, man. In exactly the same way as well. How crazy is that? They both grew up on opposite sides of the planet in different cultures, speaking different languages, and they're both the, same, the exact same kind of fucking moron. I really don't have a lot of talk today. A lot of talk. Fuck. I really don't have a lot to talk about today, do I? Look at me just basically going through ideas that I've had for my show. I haven't laughed genuinely yet. What am I doing? What's fucking going on? Do I still feel weird? I think I'm happy in Perth. I think I feel good. But I haven't had a laugh. Normally by this point I would have had like a genuine laugh. The, the laughs that I've had so far, fake laughs. Absolutely. I've been trying to do an imitation of the person who I think I am when I'm on my podcast and it hasn't been good. I don't really know what the fuck I want to talk about, but I still want to get to 30 minutes. I'm really angry and upset at the moment, actually, because this isn't turning out the way that I want it to. 
and I feel like a little bit of pressure because maybe there's people who are listening for the first time at the moment because they don't know what the podcast is. So they're like, oh, let me check out the most recent one. And this is going to be the most recent one. And I told them, I said to them, fuck you. Actually, that was a, no, that was a real laugh. That was when I told you guys to fuck off. <laughs> that was fun. Because that's how I feel right now. Maybe I don't want to be around people. I'm sweating. I'm at my mate's house. I'm sleeping on a couch. And I'm not home with my fucking garden. Maybe that's how I feel. Maybe I'm upset because I'm in Perth. But I'm not upset that I'm in Perth. It's so nice, the swimming. I've been swimming the last two days. It's been magical. Yesterday, I hung out with a person who just messaged me on Instagram and said, I saw your show last year. Let's hang out. And I went around her house and we fucking had coffee and watched a bit of a movie and then went and it was a nice day. I am having nice days. So why am I in a bad mood? Well, I guess this is one of those mysteries that we're just not going to solve today. Ugh. I don't fucking know, man. Maybe it's because they, they don't have English breakfast tea here. And the tea that I've stolen is peppermint. I'm going to put a song on here. Um, the song that I'm going to like close out the pod with today is uh, by this dude Kojak, this Irish rapper. I might have put a song on his before of his on. Fuck, I can't even talk right now. This feels like when I went to Edinburgh to meet up with a girl that I was in love with a few years ago. And the first night that I got there, I stayed at her place and I had it in my head. I'm going to cook dinner for us and, and it's going to be this nice romantic thing. And when I got there, we were both very... We could both tell, we were both very aware of the fact that it wasn't going to work out because I'd come, it just, no, it just, there was no future in this thing that we had. And I tried to make dinner and I was just like nervous and, and fumbling all over the place and, you know, wasn't doing good. It was bad food that I made. It was a really painful moment and I remember at one, I just made a few mistakes and I remember at one point she just said, this is difficult to watch. She said that. Oh, that was so brutal. Fuck. Oh. And this is what that feels like right now. This podcast feels like it must be difficult to watch. But that's what life is, you know, man. Sometimes it's just hard. Ugh. Anyway, the song... Uh, is called fucking what's it called eviction notice by kojak um it just struck me because it felt very familiar i felt like i'd uh it feels like uh what's that song need you like sunday morning whatever that song is it feels like the same kind of vibe and but it's not that song at all so when i heard it for the first time it felt kind of familiar but actually it's very different i don't know why it reminds me of that but it does uh, Kojak is an Irish rapper. I think he's from Dublin. He sounds like he's from Dublin. He says stuff like the forced, which is like a Dublin Irish accent. Um, but in this song, he sings. And uh, here's the lyrics, the opening verse of lyrics. I fucking love this, man. Cried about you this morning on my break from the office. Susan made me a coffee. She was embarrassed and awkward. Couldn't steady my breathing. I keep my heart in my pocket. Spilled my guts to the bookie. I meant to reach for my wallet. Oh, what a beautiful image, man. I cried about you this morning on my break from the office. It's like he's thinking about this girl probably, romantic, some, some romance, right, that he's cried about. 
on my break from the office, that was the only moment in the day that he had to let his emotions out on his break from work. And office just has connotations of like a job that you don't like, isn't it? Some job that he has that he's, he doesn't really want to be there, but he has to. And he just, he went to work. You don't even hear about the start of his day. He just puts you, he lands you straight in the middle of, he was working and he, you know, he doesn't even talk about that. But then he had his break and he cried about this person who he misses, I guess. Maybe they broke up and, and that person isn't in his life anymore. Susan made me a coffee. And that's more, Susan is such a name of someone at an office who you're just like, fucking Susan from accounts, isn't it? Someone that you, Susan is, someone who's a Susan, you don't know Susan. You're not close to Susan. She's just there and she's caught him crying. He's at his break in the office crying and Susan walks in and she made him a coffee. She was embarrassed and awkward. What a brutal interaction. Some lady from his office has walked into the break room and he's just crying over this woman. And she, she's like, oh, do you want a coffee? <laughs> oh, what an awful scene, huh? <laughs> she just walks in. Imagine walking into the break room and someone's crying and you don't go over and hug them. You don't talk to them. You don't ask them what's wrong. You just, can I make you a coffee? <laughs> oh my god and then you go over and you like wait for the kettle to boil but you don't even go back to the person you just stare at the kettle while they keep crying like a meter two meters behind you at the table <laughs> you're just staring at the kettle like come on you fucker boil please boil uh, um, couldn't steady my breathing i keep my heart in my pocket to be honest i don't really know what that means couldn't steady my breathing i mean that's the like he's crying. <laughs> thank you susan <laughs> um and he keeps his heart in his pocket i don't know pocket rhymes with coffee and office and awkward i guess um this is the one that got me though spilled my guts to the bookie i meant to reach for my wallet that's more about his life. He's at the office. He works this office job and then spilled my guts to the bookies. He goes to the bookies to bet on sports or I'm imagining him betting on dog racing, right? But that's just where he goes after work. And he goes there straight from work as well. And that's the only person that he's been able to talk. He didn't spill his guts to Susan because he doesn't fucking know Susan and he doesn't feel any sort of connection to her and he spilled his guts to the bookie so clearly he doesn't feel a connection to anyone that he works with he's just that's why he's not talking about his day in the office he's talking about his break when he cried and then the first person that he really spoke to was the bookie that's how he spilled it but he didn't even mean to spill his guts to the bookie he just fucking he just started telling the bookie oh man this girl i love her and she's left me and i'm fucking sad and it's, it's Susan made me a coffee at work today and I don't fucking care about her, but she caught me crying. I don't know what to do, man. And the bookie's like, yeah, it's sick, dude. Uh, that'll be five euros anyway for the three o'clock. All right? Like the first person in his life who he's felt comfortable saying this stuff to. I don't even think he feel com feels comfortable around the bookie. I think the bookie is just, he just, he, he, he had no one else and he couldn't hold it in any, in anymore. So he just went to the bookie. I'm sad. 
Here's the next verse. Put my pants through the wash that keeps my cardio steady. Pants, I think, means underpants because he's Irish. He puts his pants through the wash that keeps his cardio. That, that like getting back into his routine makes him not feel like he needs to cry. That's the thing that helps him steady his breathing. And I've been doing that gym shit thought I told you already. So he's been to the gym. He doesn't need the gym to make his cardio steady. It's not about fitness that he's crying. It's about this girl. And in his mind, he's having a conversation with her where she's like, well, maybe if you went to the gym a bit more, then you wouldn't be breathing erratically. He's like, I am going to the gym more. That's not what I'm crying about. I'm crying about you. And he's having these conversations in his head because she's not there to, to, to have them. Must have been in a dream. I'm losing track of my thoughts. Put my pants back on. I put my heart through the wash. That's the song, man. This fucking song, Eviction Notice, has, has been fucking me up. I played it at the start of the show yesterday when everyone was walking in. I was like, this is my vibe. And it's a very, it's a very low energy song. It's piano, it's this guy singing. And then after those two verses, a beat kicks in and he starts singing the chorus. And <clears throat> I was playing it. I was just feeling so good as people walked in. I knew I had 30-something pre-sales and... Uh, this was the first interaction that I had during the show. I, uh, I was playing that music and I was like, you guys digging the vibe? And some guy just went, no, <laughs> no, I'm not. And I was like, what? That threw me off a little bit. That, I think that set off the vibe of the whole show. The guy was just like, no, not this music. And maybe I need to play high energy music, but I don't want to play high energy music at the start of the show. I want to play music that captures how I'm feeling in that moment. Um, but maybe... Because the reason I thought like I wanted to play this song at the start of the show was because I was feeling very happy but like in a mellow mood and it was Sunday and Sunday's a low energy day and so I put that song on. But maybe I was lying to myself. Maybe after listening to those lyrics there, that's not the lyrics, that's not a song written by someone who feels content in their life. That's a very melancholy song and maybe that's the energy that I was that I was communicating to people as they walked in. And maybe that guy knew that better than I did. Maybe I was feeling sad. Maybe that's how I was feeling at the start of this podcast. A bit sad. But I don't even know that myself. But that's why this song is talking to me. Or maybe I just like the fucking song and I should shut up and stop analysing myself. That's the podcast this week, you guys. Thank you very much for listening. I've been Aiden Jones, sitting under a tree. about you this morning on my break from the office Susan made me a coffee she was embarrassed and awkward couldn't steady my breathing I keep my heart in my pocket spill my goods to the bookie I meant to reach for my wallet I meant to reach for my wallet Put my pants to the wash That keeps my cardio steady And I've been doing that gym shit Thought I told you already Must have been in a dream I'm losing track of my thoughts 
put my pants back on. I put my heart to Yeah.